You're listening to the Conversational Selling Podcast with Nancy Calabrese. Hi, everybody. It's Nancy Calabrese, and this is Conversational Selling. It's the podcast where sales leaders and business experts share what's going on in sales and marketing today, and it all starts with the human conversation. I'm so excited to have Daryl Amy with us today, a growth strategist, author, and speaker. His international bestseller, Revenue Growth Engine, How to Align Sales and Marketing to Accelerate Growth, provides companies with strategies to recover and grow revenue, especially during these wild, crazy times. He's also the co-host of Selling from the Heart podcast, which is a wonderful program. He's trained thousands of salespeople in solution selling created digital marketing strategy for hundreds of companies and consulted with Fortune 500 technology companies. But simply put, he knows what works and what doesn't work. So Daryl, I'm going to speak to uh, for everyone in the audience today by saying we love solutions and can't wait to hear about what works and what doesn't. <laughs> Welcome to the show. Thank you, Nancy. It's fantastic to, fantastic to be here. And, and we definitely <laughs> need solutions right now because there is no shortage of problems, right? Oh, my gosh. You are so <laughs> right. And, you know, I, I want to start off with a, a bold statement that I, I found on your website. And I think this resonates with all of us. Key right now is to rebound strong. Build an engine that will accelerate your growth through the recovery and beyond. And I, I know we're all looking to do that. So what is your unique idea around this? Well, the way to look at this right now, a lot of companies are really struggling with how do we set goals? I know, you know, you look at your your um, revenue right now. And, and for, you know, if you're one of the companies that that's taken a hit in this current season, and most have, you know, the obvious question is, how are we going to rebound quickly? And the reality is the growth rate that most companies had before the crisis is not going to get them out of the crisis fast enough. So right. if you were having, you know, if you're growing 10% year over year, let's say just a nice, you know, steady march forward. Um, the reality is that 10% year over year is, is going to take you a long time if you dropped revenue, say 30 or 40%. So the reality right now, Nancy, is we've got to figure out how to accelerate growth. And the way that the way that we coach people through accelerating growth is actually really simple. And it's by asking the question, what are the way what are the two things that drive revenue growth? And if you think about it, there are really only two ways to drive growth. We get more net new business, land new mm -hmm. deals, get new logos, or we cross sell more to our existing client base. And and the reality is when I go into most organizations, this is a great question for everyone listening in to ask themselves is, of those two, which are we good at and which are we maybe not quite so good at? The reality is most organizations are usually good at either net new or they're good at cross-selling. The exciting thing is if you can get both net new and cross-sell going at the same time, it's yeah. like putting your foot to the floor in that BMW. It really helps accelerate um, the growth in revenue and the, and the the numbers are really exciting when you see modest growth in both of those areas simultaneously. Wow. 
Well, you're jumping the gum because we're going to speak about that BMW story. In <laughs> oh, you got you. me excited about the BMW. <laughs> no, I know. Um, so <laughs> I hear you're a great storyteller, and uh, everybody loves stories. What's a good story for the audience today? Uh, you know, th there have been so many stories, but I think about, uh, you know, the story that I'm remembering today is, is where the idea from the revenue growth engine came from. I spent my whole career in sales and marketing, um, 27 years in sales and uh, about 17 years of that. I also was a partner in a marketing agency, just working with all the fun new stuff going on in digital marketing. Um, and so I get invited to speak at a lot of conferences. And I was speaking at this conference. It was a group of marketing professionals, sales leaders, and company owners. And they had me there to talk. They were all there to talk about growing revenue. The problem was, you know, you walk in the room, you can just see the marketing people are all sitting at the front of the room. They're very excited about the latest and greatest marketing automation technology. And by the way, there is some amazing technology out there right now. Um, and But they were looking back. The next kind of phase back in the room was the sales leaders and sales managers, VPs of sales. And uh, you could see the sales managers, are, you, knew, you knew who they were because they were sitting there with their arms folded. Um, and you could almost see the thought <laughs> bubbles popping up over their head going, oh, my goodness, what, what are we doing here? We should be out selling something. You know, these leads are garbage. This is a waste of time. Well, you know, all that type of stuff. Um, right. And then, of course, the thought bubbles over the marketing people's heads are these salespeople are a bunch of Neanderthals. They don't get it. You know, they're living in the past. And then at the back of the room, the favorite part was that the, there were some business owners in the back of the room. The executives are standing there. And uh, they're drinking their coffee, looking out over this room. And they're just, I know they're, you can see them thinking. And actually, I validated it afterwards uh, as I was talking with them over drinks that evening is, why can't, why can't we all get along and figure out a way to make this work? And the reality is, you know, marketing people think about marketing, salespeople think about selling. But the, the real thing that we're aiming towards is revenue growth. And the way we grow revenue is by adding more clients, especially ideal clients. So mm -hmm. that's where the revenue growth engine concept came from is saying, let's focus our efforts, whether we're in marketing, whether we're in sales, let's focus on these ideal client prospects. And, you know, then let's ask ourselves, what can we do to drive more net new? And what can we do to cooperate, to cross sell? And that was the beginning of the revenue growth engine and this journey of, of, helping companies align marketing and sales to actually get results. Yeah. You know, I, I mean, uh, you often hear that there's a disconnect between both divisions, if you would. Why is mm -hmm. that? It doesn't make any sense. It, it, it makes way more sense for everybody to work and collaborate together. It does. But I think the, and, and having spent, you know, what my whole career in sales straight out of college in B2B sales and a really, uh, tough, challenging industry. Um, so I've got sales in my blood. And by the way, I am a recovering sales professional. I'm down to therapy <laughs> twice a week now. It's going pretty well. But uh, I love sales. I absolutely love it. And then also, I just got dragged into this marketing thing. I had a marketing degree in my hip pocket. And when I started my sales training company, my first client said, Hey, Daryl, all this stuff you taught our sales team is fantastic. Our website's out of date. Do you build websites? And being the first client, I was foolish enough to say, yes, sir, we build websites. And uh, I built, I'd already built one for a nonprofit and for my church as well. But that, you know, so I've, I've had a foot in both worlds. 
and, and the reality is we, we talk different languages. Um, and so I was on a call um, earlier this week doing a growth strategy workshop with a technology company up in your neck of the woods in the Northeast. And, uh, you know, they want to drive revenue growth. They've got to recover lost revenue. And so we're putting a, a plan together and they've got marketing and sales and operations in the room. And uh, so this, the salespeople talk about sales process. Marketing mm-hmm. people, they talk about thing, you know, they talk about a, uh, a customer journey and the, you know, they talk about the, the buyer's journey and all the marketing speak around that. The operations people, they actually talk about business processes. And so everyone's describing the same thing. They're just describing it in their own language with a focus on what they do. So uh, what I think, com- what I see working is when companies go, okay, yes, sales, yes, marketing, yes, operations. The real, real issue is what, let's all focus on our ideal client. And let's, we talk about the ideal client experience. So rather than talk about a sales process, what's the experience that a client has with our company throughout the, their buying experience and their experience once they become a client? Um, then when we look at that ideal client experience and start to understand, you know, what are they thinking? What are they feeling? What, what's holding them back? What, you know, what do we want to happen? Then, then everyone comes to the table and marketing goes, Oh, well, we could do this to support the client experience. Sales yeah. goes, yeah, we could do this to support the client experience and get them moving through faster and even operations. And so what we're finding is just like when you take your car to the shop, if it's out of alignment, you know, one wheel's pulling to the left, the other's pulling to the right. And that describes a lot of, a lot of companies with sales and marketing. When you put it up on the rack to get aligned at the, at the shop, they're actually going to focus on a dot on the back wall of the shop. Well, that dot that companies need to focus on, in on is their ideal, ideal client, their ideal prospect. And when you look at things through the lens of the experience that that client has, then sales and marketing can start to speak a common language towards a common objective. Um, and, mm-hmm. and we're seeing companies finally begin to align around it. Um, and it's so funny, Nancy, <laughs> you see, it depends, you know who you're talking to, because when they're talking about alignment, they'll either say sales and marketing alignment. Or they'll say marketing and sales alignment. <laughs> and you can guess <laughs> the salespeople. And I guess I betrayed myself a little bit because on the front of Revenue Growth Engine, it says how to align sales and marketing. Right. Uh, but, but, but it, the reality is, is, is this, if we look from the perspective of the ideal clients we want to bring on board, mm-hmm. the, the sales and marketing and operations stuff starts to come into focus. And we actually are able to get alignment in some organizations for the very first time. Well, how long does a process like that take? Well, it doesn't have to take very long at all. And, um, you know, the, the reality is, is it's, uh, I mean, the process of, of having that enlightening moment where, where we, go, we all get in the same room and get around the same objectives, we're, we're able to accomplish that um, in a day at an organization. Now, the building out of that, of the processes to support it, and then the communication between these different functions to make sure that it all um, it all works to create an amazing client experience. You know that's a journey that that plays out and becomes part yeah. of an organization's DNA. So, well, but the, the, you know the realization could happen right here, right now right. <laughs> on the podcast. It's <laughs> well, all listen, about the client experience. It is, and my experience so far with you is I think you're a car buff. 
because you use car <laughs> analogies. And I love the analogy that you used in your book about not running on all cylinders. So share, share yes. with the audience what that's about. Well, so, uh, and I am a car buff and uh, I, I, you know, so I guess the growth engine and the alignment and all of that stuff just seems to work for me. Um, the, the, we've all got, you know, there's all kinds of different engines. Um, let me, let me just talk about it this way. I mean, if you have a lawnmower, that lawnmower has an engine. It probably has two cylinders, maybe four in it. Um, if you've got a, you know, if you've got a BMW that has an engine, it's finely tuned engine, probably a six or eight cylinders. Um, if you have a Ferrari, it might even have 12 cylinders. The reality is the ability of an engine to accelerate the vehicle is based on the cylinders, how much horsepower do you have? And um, it's interesting because when you look at, at an organization, when it comes to driving net new business, there's things marketing can do to help that. There's processes sales can do to help that. When it comes to cross-selling, same thing. Sales plays a role. Marketing plays a role. The cylinders in your organization, I, I think they're like processes. Pro the mm -hmm. process is something that happens over and over again, just like a cylinder in an engine. It just fires, right? Mm -hmm. um, the reality is most companies don't have a lot of process in their sales and marketing, um, especially when it comes to the thing they're not good at. So if you're good at net new, you've probably got great prospecting processes, et cetera. But if you're not good at cross-sell, do you mm -hmm. have a good client manage? Do you have a good set of client management processes? And if not, what would happen if you created processes um, for client management? You know, we saw this at, at one organization in South Florida, great company, fantastic sales team. I went in to do a growth strategy workshop and, uh, so what's your goal for net new? And they said, we want, you know, steady net new growth at 10% year over year. Um, and at the beginning of the workshop, I said, why are we here? And they said, we need more net new business. And I, that's so what's your goal, 10%. So what'd you do last year? 9.8%. <laughs> so I kind of laughed like we all are right now going, well, well, you know, why am I here? But when it came to cross sell, this particular organization had a whole new business unit. They had a new offering for their clients. Uh, they'd spent hundreds of thousands of dollars in people and training. And I asked how their cross-sell effort was going into this new, new, new area. And they just rolled their eyes. And everyone was like, oh my goodness, this has been a train yeah. wreck, right? We haven't sold anything. Well, if you peel it back, when you look at that area of their business with net new business, they had prospecting processes. They had target account programs. They had all kinds of sales tools they were crushing it with their ability to bring on a new logo. But mm -hmm. when it came to actually managing those clients and going deeper and wider in the organization to cross sell, there wasn't any process. You know, the only yeah. thing that was there was, Hey, go talk to these people about buying this new thing. So what, what's incredible is, you know, one simple process organizations can put in place in that area of the business cross selling. They put a sales process in. Um, that said, our clients that are that meet the profile of being an ideal client, meaning they can buy all of this amazing new stuff that we sell, wasn't a fit for every client. But the ones that were, we're going to start a quarterly business review process. And mm -hmm. so they didn't just say we're going to do a quarterly business review. They created a model for it. They created a process to set the meetings up, 
train the reps on how to do the meetings, make them the value add, and then how to follow up on those meetings. And uh, you know that process is already yielding results. So their cross-sell revenue is, is beginning to accelerate. So going back to the beginning, if you keep that net new going and you can yep. accelerate cross-sell, you'll see exponential revenue growth. And um, in fact, it's kind of fun. There's, uh, we, uh, I'm not too much of, I'm a marketing and sales guy, so I'm not too much of a spreadsheet guy, but we actually put a spreadsheet together on this where you can very simply enter your number of customers and your total revenue and set a goal for growth in both net new and cross sell. And it mm-hmm. forecasts it out. And uh, you can get it, by the way, if you text revenue to 21,000, um, revenue to 21,000. But it, it's really amazing how, you know, in a lot of ways, Nancy, it's not like dramatic things that need to be done. You just add these processes in. And over time, it's like you're adding cylinders to your engine. And next thing you know, you go to get on the freeway and you hit the gas and you go, whoa, this, yep. is, this is good, right? Yeah. And I think it's a free download, isn't it? On your website? Uh, yeah, it is. Uh, it is. There's all kinds of tools. It's actually a growing list of tools uh, there. But that, that spreadsheet right there is a great eye opener in terms of the potential to accelerate revenue growth. Um, by just entering a couple of simple numbers, you can start to see the uh, potential. So yeah, yeah, definitely check it out. Revenue, yep. text revenue to 21,000. But um, it's, it, these processes, one of the things, um, and I, we could go down this rabbit trail a long way, but I think if you go into most sales and marketing departments and you, you know, HR has processes, accounting has right. processes, shipping and receiving has processes, sales and marketing, it's usually the wild west, right? You got some gunslingers making some calls and you got us some marketing people running some campaigns here and there, but where's the consistent processes? What happens yeah. though, when you start putting them in place, you start to accelerate growth and that's exciting. Yeah. Um, I, I downloaded it. So I recommend that everybody uh, find your way to it and download it. I think it's uh, really going to be a helpful tool for one of a kind sales. And sticking with one-of-a-kind sales, and I would be remiss if I didn't bring this up, you know, we're all about prospecting. And I Mm -hmm. also saw on your website about the three overlooked P's of sales prospecting. And I'd love you to explain what they are. Well, as you might guess, one of them is process. And so this that's is, right. <laughs> uh, this is true. And even even if you're great at net new business, you know it, it always is good to look at your your prospecting process. It's one of the core cylinders in your growth engine. And um, you know if you look at the data, whether you're looking at Salesforce.com that says it takes six to eight touches to get uh, an appointment, Forrester says it's over fourteen. The point of the whole thing is it takes more than one touch to get a net new appointment. And it's got to be over, you know, multiple different channels because not everybody checks email, listens to their messages right. on their phone, et cetera. So in order to make that happen, you know, nowadays it just can't be a one and done. There's got to be a process. You can't just make a phone call and go, well, they didn't return my call. I'm done. So, um, so what's the process? Well, that's where, you know, you take a look and you go, okay, how are we going to do this? Um, let's, let's get a message that's going to resonate inside that process. And then let's look for some enabling technologies to help make sure that process gets executed and is measurable, et, et cetera. And so process is the first one. Um, the second is priorities. And, um, in the article, I put priorities first because 
well, that just kind of makes sense, right? But you have to prioritize. Uh, you have to prioritize prospecting. And um, my friend Jeb Blunt, you know, is is adamant about something I agree wholeheartedly with, which is you got to block this stuff out in your calendar. If if you're a sales professional or you lead a sales team and there are not scheduled blocks of time in the calendar for prospecting, guess what? It's not going to happen. Um, right. It's going to get pushed to the last last part of the day. So I'm uh, I'm I am uh, fanatical about that. Uh, tip of the hat to Jeb once again in terms of of making sure there are blocks on my calendar for prospecting. And um, it you know it's it's just an appointment that has to be you know it's a frog. Like you got to you got to eat that you got to eat that one first. You got at the beginning of the yep. day. You got to get that one done. And the last is practice. And um, you know, it's interesting. This is something that, that, uh, you know, when I was the sales rep back in the dark ages, we, we, we had the, we actually had over, uh, we had the, like the transparencies. This is really going to date me, but you know, we had the objections and the sales manager would put the, the objection up and you have a little piece of paper hiding the answer on that projector. And uh, we would <laughs> practice, right. We would role play. And, um, I don't know where that went in a lot of organizations. It seems like that just kind of, I don't know, just went away. Well, guess what? No high performance athlete gets anywhere without practice. No high performance professional speaker gets anywhere without practice. Um, and I think that inside our sales team, practice is the third P. Um, and and it, it doesn't even have to be inside a sales team. I mean, if you're a rep listening in on this call, you know, prioritize, build yourself a process and find someone to practice, you know, just get repeat over and over again and get to where this stuff that, that you need to know is, is second nature. And, you know, people go, Daryl, you know, that's, isn't that scripted? Yes. But once you internalize that kind of stuff, yeah. then you can, then you can dance between the lines, but until you do, you're going to spend all your time trying to go, what do I say now? So, yeah. um, you know, I, I'm a huge fan of practice. Oh, so am I. And, you know, uh, to your point with the scripts, the beauty of having a script is you don't have to think about what you have to say. I think sales really um, kicks in when you get the objections. So to internalize, especially the opening conversation, get that down in your head, allows you to spend more time in really role playing and practicing and getting those objections out, you know, when you need to have them, because you never know what you're going to hear, right? When Absolutely. you're on a prospecting Absolutely. call. Yeah. Um, okay. So tell me something that's true that almost nobody agrees with you on. <laughs> this, okay. This one's <laughs> going to be fun uh, because uh, there's a lot of things <laughs> that I think are true, uh, but that, that, that may spark some debate, but this, here's one, and this is a sales and marketing one is salespeople don't need leads. We just don't need leads. And here's what I mean. You go, what are you kidding me? Salespeople are beating up marketing. Give me more leads. Salespeople are going to their companies going, give me more leads. Look in most, and I, I'm going to uh, put a, a bit of a footnote on this. I work in the B2B sales space. And in the B2B sales space, um, we help our clients identify who their ideal clients and prospects are. So, mm -hmm. you know, the reality is if you've got a marketplace and just think of, uh, we were talking earlier about the South Florida marketplace, 90,000 businesses in the South Florida marketplace. Um, 
and this particular company had eight salespeople. Doesn't work. They could prospect 24 hours a day and it wouldn't cover that market. <laughs> it would take them years to cover the market. So, um, but the reality is of those 90,000 businesses, if they're really honest and they look at their ideal client profile, there's about 2,000 of them that are really, really, really good fits. So guess what? I don't need leads anymore. I need to know, I already know who the people are. If I have an ideal client profile, um, and if I have, if I've got an ideal client profile, I know who my prospects are in my yep. marketplace. So I don't need leads. I need engagement. <laughs> and so, yep. you know, this is where, and this, this is, we talk about this in the revenue growth engine book. You know, I don't, you know, everyone, sales teams want to have service level agreements with marketing for leads. Um, I don't want that because what I really want is I want in this, whatever that 2000 companies that are ideal prospects, I want as a, a, a team, I want 100% coverage, meaning that all of the key decision makers and influencers in those 2000 accounts hear from my salespeople regularly with a valuable message and hear from my marketing team regularly with a valuable message that, I mean, it, and it's really on one level, that simple, um, the execution needs processes. But the, the reality right. of this is we don't need leads. Salespeople, stop complaining you don't have leads. You already know who your ideal prospects are. And if not, go figure that out. And then you'll never need a lead again. What you need to do is be engaging with those ideal prospects. Yep. Oh, I so, again, I agree with you. People ha are under the impression they need thousands of leads. And as you said earlier, if you don't have the manpower to cover it, you're wasting your time. You're never going to have an effective program out there. So I'm, yeah, I'm with leads, you. Well, I mean, salespeople go to the, the leads, Nancy. They go, oh, these leads are garbage. Well, if they're not with an ideal prospect, they, they probably are. <laughs> you know, yeah. It's not that useful. Right. Um, really what we need to know, you know, and I, we could talk about this maybe another episode, you know, nothing's qualified lead until it is it it is attached to an ideal prospect in in a lot of ways um but but the lead thing is where sales and marketing get out of alignment i just say stop it <laughs> stop it yeah. oh. let's just let's hey, focus everybody, on engagement you hear that stop it <laughs> so what is the one takeaway you'd like to leave the audience with i'm guessing there's more than one but what is the one that really well, comes gonna, to your mind yeah i am going to pick one and um you know and this this is there's what I'm about to say is backed up by so many people that and Mark Hunter comes to mind right now. And um, we were just talking about this with his new book, a mind for sales is this ideal client profile, knowing who your ideal client is, is the key to unlocking um, revenue growth and accelerating revenue growth. Um, we find that ideal clients and, and, um, in the book, we'll show you how to do the math, but on average, ideal clients are, we call them 20X or 30X clients because they're usually worth 20 to 30 times the revenue. And I'm not talking when I say ideal clients about Fortune 500 companies necessarily. I'm just talking about good fit clients mm -hmm. and know who your ideal clients are. Then you'll know, um, then, then that defines the processes you put together to prospect and to manage your clients. That defines the message that you put together that's going to resonate. Um, and then that also uh, will explain in the book how that can define your ability to set goals realistically yep. based on the value. So I would say it all, you know, this ideal client profile, um, 
is is really where it all begins and and we walk you through how to how to think about that in the early parts of the revenue growth engine book okay everyone go out and buy it daryl tell us how my people or tell everyone how we can reach you <laughs> well i would love to engage with you the fastest way is just text the word revenue to 21000 We'll give you some access to resources. Uh, of course, Revenue Growth Engine is available where all fine books are sold. Um, and uh, you can also uh, look me up on on LinkedIn. There's not that many people with the last name, Amy, A-M-Y, first name's Daryl, and I'd love to connect with you on LinkedIn. Oh, take advantage of that offer, everyone. And you are not only informative, you are highly entertaining. So I thank you for everyone for joining me and for all my audience out there. Keep in mind the overlooked piece of sales prospecting and really start taking a good hard look at sales and marketing. Thank you so much, Daryl, and happy hunting for everyone. Thank you, Nancy. The Conversational Selling Podcast is sponsored by One of a Kind Sales. If you're frustrated that you don't have enough leads or your sales team complains that they just don't have enough time to prospect, we can help. To work with Nancy and her team one-on-one to help you manage your sales team, install her proven outbound sales process, and create more bottom line results, email her now at nancy at oneofakindsales.com. To learn more about Nancy and her outbound sales secrets, grab your free copy of her book, The Inside Sales Solution at oneofakindsales.com slash book.